Welcome everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host, Plant Profits. Plant Profits is a podcast that is brought to you by Produce Global, proudly brought to you by Produce Global. And my next guest is a four-year letterman in soccer at Brown University in his past. And throughout his career, he's lived in five different countries, speaks multiple languages, specifically English, Spanish, and Portuguese, holds a master's degree in arts and international relations from Tufts University. He received a master's of science in finance from American University. And of course, as I mentioned, a bachelor of arts in history from Brown University, where he was a four-year letterman in soccer. I want you all to welcome to Plant Profits, Mr. Eric Block. Mr. Eric Block. Eric is the Chief Revenue Officer at Wanna Brands. And as you all know, Wanna Brands is the top gummies business in North America. Eric, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Vern. It's good to meet you. Oh, good to be great here. to meet you, too. Great to meet you, too, man. I've been looking forward to this conversation. I've had some conversations with Wanna Brands, and I have real respect for what you guys do. And you work with the real G and Nancy Whitman. So, I mean, you know. As we do. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, that's, that's, that's really cool. You're the chief revenue officer, okay? Now, I know that chief, the CRO, the chief revenue officer, means different things to different companies, okay? It's a responsibility, a title and responsibility that's gotten popular in the last, what, 10 years Something like that, right? And so tell us, what is the chief revenue officer for a beautiful business like Warner Brands? Great question. And I agree with you. I think the chief revenue officer can mean a lot of things to a lot of different companies, depending right. on the industry. So right. what it means to us at Wana, in more relation to my role, is that I manage all of our sales, all of our revenue generating activities, if you will. So we're currently in the US, we're in 17 markets. 16 states plus Puerto Rico, so 17 U.S. markets actively selling our product in. And then we're also in Canada, another nine provinces there. So in total, we're in 18 markets. Um, so I manage all of the sales through those markets. Some of those markets, we have our own sales teams. And so I have my team that helps we manage those. And then we have we work with lots of other different partners in many of those other markets. So I work with those teams and those sales teams and those executive teams and we manage the sales, we discuss strategy, we look at the pipeline, we build out six, 12, 18, 24 month strategies um, based upon our experience, based upon the individual market. Every sure. market's a, every market's a market. That's one of the things that I like to use with my team. So you have to understand the nuances of each market. Uh, geographically, is it a medical market? Is it an adult use market? Is it a hybrid market? Some of which, when did it go adult use? When did it go medical? Every market's on its own evolutionary timeline, if you will, with the cannabis plant. And so we have a you know a wide breadth and depth of products. And we look at each market, we look at our partner, what are their capabilities, and we build out structure and strategy with them. With all of that, then it's just, you know, how do you help them with sales? We work with their sales teams, um, we design strategies there, best practices, et cetera. So all of that. And then in addition to that, also business development, looking at new markets. I'm trying to get into new markets, both domestically and internationally. Okay. I got it. So you're really on the commercial end. You kind of own that part of the business. Yep. Yeah. No, that's that's great. Yeah. It does mean different things for 
different companies. Now, you've been there a lot, almost four and a half years, man. That's a yeah. long time. Especially yeah. like cannabis. That's like 30 years in business, man. You know? It feels like it. It yeah, feels like it. Uh, it and, you know, and I love it. I love it. But yeah. it, it, it it's a battle. And yeah. it, it's not for the faint-hearted. It's not for the light-hearted. I've, you know, I hired for for my director team, senior director yeah. team below me, and I've interviewed people that have been, you know, C-suite positions, high-level positions at big CPG companies. And yeah. after interviewing them, even though they had great resumes, great experience, great people, they just wouldn't have been a great fit for what this business and this industry requires. Because what does it easy. take? What does it take to be a great fit for the industry? Let's talk about that because yeah, you and I, I can guess, make a lot of money now. We're gonna get this right. We're gonna sell this. So what is it? That's that's the question. What what does it take to be successful in this industry? So it takes first of all passion. You've got to be passionate. At least if if you want to be successful, wanna. I can't speak for any other company. I'd rather speak for wanna. But you have to be passionate. Passionate about the plant. Passionate about the brand. That's number one. Beyond that, you got to be willing to grind. And I don't mean grind in the exploitative sense, but I mean the full commitment to really work hard and yeah. give everything that you have to the mission because it's not about selling for us it's about the broader mission and i think this is you know what sell this what separates wana from other companies in the space is our mission is to serve and that's what we're here for we feel like we are conduits to the plants so we make gummies we make edibles but we don't make gummies or edibles we look at that gummy as a delivery system a delivery platform if you will for cannabis medicine so everything we do comes forth from that intention of yeah. creating that. And so yeah. we we need people who are committed to that cause, who want to serve, who are humble, who can be, going back to your question, you have to be able to adapt. You know, in, in traditional CPG, you can, you know, you're looking at things on uh, maybe quarterly, even yeah. two quarters, biannual, annually. In cannabis, things change by a week. They can't yeah. change by the week. They're definitely changing by the month. So there's just constant analysis, constant troubleshooting. It's really understanding where, and every market is different and every and different challenges with different markets. So uh, for someone who's not very good at being adaptable or someone who who can't take change very well and doesn't function well, sort of uh, with that stress, in constant change in motion and flexibility, it wouldn't be the right fit. Okay, great. So let's stay there for a second. I, I, I like where you took this here because when I look at your business, you're, you guys are, you know, successful in the cannabis, cannabis business and you, you've had a tremendous amount of focus. What would you say is your secret sauce? Why are you being successful in building a, a brand like Wana in the industry in, a, in an ever-changing, volatile, you know, inconsistent business as we call cannabis, legal cannabis, right? So what, what would that be? So that's, Great question. And I think it starts from the top. You mentioned Nancy Whiteman, mm-hmm. co-founder and CEO. And it's, right. it starts at the top w- with her, but with the mission of the company to serve. So I think people recognize that when they meet us, we're here to serve. And not only with the product formulation and the innovation that we're doing and we'll be the end product, but it's also mm-hmm. the sales team and the marketing team, the customer-facing team. We're here as consultants to help serve our communities. Um, we built this business one patient at a time, one buyer at a time, one retailer at a time, mm-hmm. one community at a time. And we're building these symbiotic relationships with us. So we're not just wanting to drop off product and try and sell it and drive volume. You know, we're not looking for market share. That's that's not our intention. That's not the goal behind anything that we do. Now, obviously, we need to have a, a strong functioning business that's focused on the bottom line 
and not right. on the top line, which is what we do. And sometimes that hand straps us into the strategies that we can commit to, um, to be quote unquote successful uh, on shelf versus other brands. But you know, you got to pick your poison. And the one yeah. that we've chosen is that we want a, a longstanding, sustainable, functioning, bottom line focused business that also is, is designed on innovation. It's designed on, on quality. It's designed on being a premium product. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're going to have challenges in this cannabis industry, especially, you know, in, in many markets where the BOGO has just become uh, the norm. And it's just, you walk in and it's, what can I get? How much, what's the bang for the buck that I can get? How much can I buy? And how, do you not- sustain, how do you sustain your brand? And, you know, I would say, I would call it staying above the fray. Mm-hmm. Where you're not being drugged down into the ditches of bogos, and you have the opportunity to to actually continue to build your brand and the credibility of your brand, because if you if you're selling me bogos, you're telling me that you can sell me bogos, <laughs> you know, yeah. anytime. Uh, but what makes it different for you? So I think our products, so it starts with the product and it starts okay. with the effect. We're, okay. into a, we're into effects-based cannabis. And so every skew and product that we bring to market is designed to create a unique and different effect. It's not to come to market with just different, the same effect, but with different flavor profiles. And there's okay. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I, but what our mission is, is that we're trying to take the science of cannabis, you know, not just THC, but the different minors looking into terpenes. What we're doing with terpenes, no other brand is doing the the amount of reintroduction of terpenes that we're reintroducing, the testing of terpenes, and and the effects that we're creating with these different formulations. That's what we do. And so I think the people who are used to and our patients, our consumers who are using WANA understand that there is a different level of quality, of premiumness, of effect with that gummy. Um, that said, and, and that said, to be full, you know, transparent, because being honest is, is important. We do engage in BOGOs. Like, you have to engage in BOGOs as a brand. Now, yeah. if BOGOs become your main tool yeah. to try and grab sales, that's not going to work, and that's not what we do. But at times, we do engage in a BOGO here. There, In some markets, you have to do that to engage. But yeah. at the same time, we have a pro uh, a portfolio, and I think this is also where WANA differentiates itself from many, many other brands is that we have like a good, a better, and a best model within our portfolio of different effects. We have our classic gummies, which are 11-hydroxy experience. We have our quick onset, quick offset, Delta-9 gummies, which is a good and better premium experience. We have our solventless line, which is your best experience. We have our optimals line, which is minor cannabinoid formulations designed for use case-specific needs, sleep, anxiety, pain, that type of thing. So we've designed a really strong and structured portfolio of unique products and effects for different need states, and they have different price points. I love that. And I want to get into that, including, you know, as a consumer, how do I see what you stand for as I'm facing the product, right? As I'm consuming the product, how do I see that? We're going to get into some of that on our way back. We're we're going to take a quick break. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is probably brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is Mr. Eric Block. Eric is the Chief Revenue Officer of Warner Brands, top gummy business in North America. Looking forward to our return. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis. 
I'm your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is probably brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is Mr. Eric Block. Eric is the Chief Revenue Officer for Warner Brands, the top gummy business in North America. Eric, so as we're as we were we're we're talking before the break, I I'm a longtime consumer products guy. And I really like simplifications and clarity and consistency in brands, right? So for me, when I go into a dispensary, what I really want to know, me personally, is what I want to know is what can help me sleep better? Mm-hmm. Okay? That to me is a need state. And that, that's true. That's how I use it, right? So... You know, some people want sleep, some people have anxiety, some people want energy, some people want relaxation, some people want different look. Is that how you're building the product so that I can talk in simple terms, just like I was going into Walgreens, right? And I go over to the pharmacy section, I'm I'm in the OTC department, and I'm looking, and there's signage that tells me what I need, Right. Is that how you're looking at building brands? Because here's why I say that. Because the plant is a, you know, I think it's a complicated plant because it can do so many things. And how you blend it. And in each of our bodies react differently to the same plant and the same thing. So it's complicated, in my opinion. So how do you simplify that and get me buying your product every time? Right. So great question. And you're right. Every human has his or her own individual endocannabinoid system. And each person's endocannabinoid system is unique and different. So you and I could take the same product and have two completely different experiences with that product. And our endocannabinoid system is evolving over time with us. So the product that I'm engaging with now, which is beneficial for me, six months from now, I may need something else. And it may be, it's an evolution, right? So we're evolving along with the plant. The plant has been with us for 5,000 years. We've been evolving along with it. It's a symbiotic relationship that we have with the plan. It's fascinating, right? So to your question, and you mentioned sleep, and it's a great example. So you said, you go into a dispensary and you say, what can help me with sleep? Well, what I would say if I were the bud tender, and this is coming from the Wana lens is, Vern, what's your issue with sleep? Is it falling asleep or is it staying asleep? Because they're two completely different issues within the sleep the challenge of sleep category. That's a great. That's a great response. Has anyone ever asked you that question? When you got like that, not like no. that. Because if I get that question, now you're going to get really rich information. And so the reason I'm asking you that question yeah. is because Wana Brands is the only brand edible company that actually has two different sleep products. We have one that's called Fast Asleep, and we have one that's called Stay Asleep. They're yeah. two completely different formulations because we you bifurcated. Well, you set it up. I just walked into it, but <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. But we bifurcated the sleep issue because most other gummy brands and edible brands just have one product for sleep, as if everyone just has the same sleep issue. And we don't. It's different. So to your question, like how do we do product formulation? Well, we start there. We don't just come out with a product and throw in CBN and maybe melatonin and THC and say, hey, we have a sleep product. No, we actually do formulations. So we have our sleep gummies, you know, have five, four minor cannabinoids 
We have a specific terpene formulation of 30 plus terpenes designed for sleep that we look for specific chemovars and strains that help with sleep. So, and we have one that helps you get to sleep. And then we have one that helps you stay asleep. So you're, you know, back to your initial question of how do you gain consumer loyalty? It's by actually having products that can resonate with them and the actual needs that they have when they have them and meet them where they're at. So are you guys, you spend a lot of time and energy at the point of purchase, really helping bud tenders to really understand how to ask those questions? We do. We have to, you know, for them to understand why we're coming up with these formulations. And it's a challenge. There's, you know, hundreds of brands in a dispensary and you've got bud tenders that have to try and learn about all of those brands. You have mass turnover of bud tenders. So you're training one store, you leave by the time you come back, maybe only 70% of those same bud tenders are there. You come back later, maybe 50% are still there. So there's lots of attrition. So it's a challenge. And that's one of the challenges of this industry too, is that the bud tender is the gatekeeper in a lot of ways for when consumers come in and don't know anything about cannabis and they want to be educated. I mean, as an example, you know, look at Starbucks. You, when you go into Starbucks, you don't go to your barista and say, you know, I have Crohn's disease. What's the best roast for me? Should I take the blonde roast? Should I have the dark roast? You know, the medium roast, the Colombian blend. Yeah. You go to a butt tender and you assume that the butt tender is going to be able to help you with those medical conditions, those need states that you have. And they are the the most relevant point of interaction at the store. So yeah. they are important. They're very important. You mentioned at the beginning, the markets that you're in, Right. How are you guys determining expansion? You know, do you are you on target with your expansion? Uh, because you're in two thirds of the opportune markets, right? So, what's next, and how do you determine where to go next? Yeah. So, one of the points of success for us has been our able our, our ability to expand and expand okay. quickly. I'd say we have the largest footprint of any grassroots edible brand in the U.S. That's one of the things you asked about people, traits for people we hire. You have to be able to run fast. It's a marathon, but you got to run fast. Yeah, right. So we, we we run fast. So we look at markets. We look at specific regions. Um, you have to look at, you know, I, when you start, is it a medical market? Is it going to be an adult use market? If it's a medical market, what are the conditions that are going to be available? First of all, are edibles going to be even be allowed? A market like Pennsylvania, for example, edibles aren't allowed. So mm-hmm. for us, that's a market we, we can't engage in. Hopefully there's potential legislation that'll change that. That'll be a new market. Um, you look at regions, you look at where they're at, what, what states are around them. Are there other states that are legal, medical, if you will, or not? Mm-hmm. So I think you look at what are the conditions and the opportunities for biomass? How many mm-hmm. biomass will be in that market? How many dispensaries? So we, do, we basically do a holistic 360 evaluation of entire markets. And then obviously we vet out partners, potential partners. And that's another thing. It's it's hard to find right fits. We don't just want to work with anyone in any market. Um, yeah. There has to be alignment, company values, cultural values, ethical values to begin with. And then obviously- well, the I think that's fees. important. I think that's important. Let's talk to the audience about what you mean you got to have partners to expand because you know, you're different than an MSO. So w- talk talk to us about what, how you go find a partner, what's important to you, what's your criteria? Yeah. So there's different models and every brand has its own model. We've chosen an asset light model. So when we go into a market in order, because cannabis just 
back up a second. Cannabis, as we all know, is federally illegal, right? right? So you can't have interstate commerce. So in order to do business in any given state, you have to have a license to do so. So we work with partners who have a license. We don't own the license, but we work with a partner who has a license and they become our partner. They manufacture. In some cases, they sell. Some cases, they manufacture. We sell. Some cases, it's a hybrid. Just depends on the market, depends on the partner. So we work with different partners. So we're, we, that's another complexity to our business because we all have different partners. So I have to work with 16 different sales teams, 16 yeah. different operations teams, 16 different production teams, marketing teams, um, which can be challenging, but mm -hmm. it's also, you know, vibrant and rewarding in its own right within those challenges. It's fun, but that's one of the challenges of an asset light model. Whereas another brand might go have a heavy investment in the capital and the CapEx, they might buy their own licenses, put in their own operations and their own sales teams, which creates additional challenges that we don't have, but they get benefits too. They run their own operation, they run their own sales. So, you know, I don't know which 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 model is right for which company. I know our model is right for our company, but yeah. I'm sure there's other models that work for other companies too. How do you stay on top of quality and consistency of taste and brand? Yeah, no, we have, I don't as a consumer, you know, what I get in one state, I really like what Juan is doing and I'm a consumer and then I go to another state. I mean, you want it to be like McDonald's, right? You want it to be the same. We do. And yeah, that's, how do you get that, that to happen? And that, that's your point is, you know, how do you build brand loyalty is consistency. Yeah. Consistency, right. quality. And we have our own market expansion team that has a Q&A team, a department within that. And they are constantly on the road working with our partners, going to our partners, ensuring that the quality is up to up to standards. And that's what we do. And so, and, and our team is fantastic. To give you some idea, during COVID, we launched four markets virtually. We weren't even there to do it. But uh, through Zoom, through technology, we were able to teach our partners how to make our products and then working with them on the production side to go ahead and launch. So we've now we've done it enough times. We've, we've got it down pretty easily. Oh, it's good. What about innovation, right? What drives the innovation into your brands and your products? You guys... Uh, uh, you, you, your claim is that you, you are on top of the industry and product development, product marketing better than anyone else. And your gummies are leading in, in what they attack and attract to consumers. So how do you do it? And, and what makes that viable? Yeah. So once again, I'd say it always all, it all starts at the top and it starts with Nancy and yeah. Nancy's She's amazing because she's one of the few people I know that understands the science of cannabis, understands right. the business of cannabis, and also is a visionary to understand what this plant can do in the power. So we have a department of science and innovation. Our VP of innovation, his name is Mike Hennessy. He's okay. brilliant. He's amazing. And mm -hmm. he is constantly in the science. We're constantly in the science. We have other science partners that we work with. And we're always looking for these right combinations of different cannabinoids and with the intention of, you know, potential need states that we're looking for to create these effects that we want. And it's always, you know, for us, and this is one of the challenges of, of working at one is that we can't, we can't ever get complacent. So we're always on trying to keep our foot on the forefront of what's next. What can we bring next? And it's not just to come out with a product for the sake of having a new launch. It's really, how can we extend this effects-based cannabis and bring something new to consumers to affect change 
and enhance their lives. That's okay. really where it stems from. That's great. No, that's great. We're going to take a quick break, Eric. Come back. I want to really get into the community and what I in the community. Okay. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of Five Profits, and Five Profits is brought to you and proudly brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is Mr. Eric Block. He is the chief revenue officer of Wanna Brands, the top and leading gummy business in North America. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Well, welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis, and I am your host of Plant Profits, and I thank you all for uh, listening to Plant Profits podcast. And it's brought to you probably by Protus Global, my company. My guest today is Mr. Eric Block. Eric is the chief revenue officer at Warner Brands. Warner Brands is the top gummy uh, business in North America. Eric, let's talk about some things. You know, cannabis is a highly regulated, and we hope, hope will be even more regulated responsibly moving forward. Did you come from that? A regulated business and how have you adapted to to what that really means because you came from software as a business you know as as a business as a service right a SaaS business that seems different but could it could have been the same i don't know tell me no it has a hundred it's nine day different totally <laughs> technology i was before i moved into cannabis and i dipped my toes in the cannabis pond if you will in 2017 yeah. and then got into with one in 2018 uh, but before that, my career had been in technology. I was managing um, software as a service, managing 35 countries, uh, you know, international. So totally different from consumer packaged goods. Uh, fortunately, I met Nancy and the need that she had for this company, I think she had a vision for where it was going. And yeah. it was just, although my immediate skill set and experience wasn't quite yet adaptable in terms of the yeah. CPG part, um, I think learning to manage multiple territories understanding yeah. how to sell, um, having the vision and strategy of looking at pieces and building out uh, resonated with this role. But I did have to learn the CPG piece. And that just required, obviously, like I said, the same qualities that we look for. You've got to be passionate. You've got to have grit. You've got to be humble. And you got to dive in and be intellectually curious all the time to grow. Um, so I think you know the embodiment of those character characteristics helps in the learning curve. Um, and I'm still learning. And I think we're all still learning. And it's challenging because every market is different in cannabis and every market is run with a different uh, regulation and legal body. So there's different laws and restrictions and those change all the time. So we're constantly, we're constantly learning and fine tuning, especially now that we're in, you know, international markets. So for all of us, and even those that have been experiencing in, in CPG, it's, it's new territory for a lot of people. Yeah, no doubt. Totally, totally is. So let's, let's look at from a responsibility perspective, packaging, right? Yep. That's real important to brand appearance, perception by consumers, safety. There's a lot to go in the packaging. What role do you play in, in how the products are packaged and where they're placed? Well, we use the same packaging across all of our markets outside of Canada, okay. um, but all of our US markets were using the same packaging and that packaging was chosen by design. Um, for a couple of reasons, child, it's child resistant packaging. First of all, it's biodegradable and sustainable. Second of all, so we wanted a pack, uh, a package that was, was also somewhat friendly with, with the environment, right? Environmental friendly. It also stacks really well. So we chose packaging based on that. Um, and that was a decision, obviously, that Nancy you know, took part in and led, um, from its inception a couple of years back. 
And so we basically utilize the same packaging in all of our markets, which we also do because it it allows for brand recognition too. Uh, patients yes. recognize us on shelves and say, oh, that's Juana. I know that product. I know that quality. I know that premium. I want that. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. What about education of consumers' consumption? What do you guys do in the marketplace to support that? So we do a lot of things. Education is key. I'd say that we are the most education forward brand in all okay. of cannabis, at least on the edible side. And that's not to disparage any of the brands. It's just, it's part of what we do because of the products that we're creating are revolve around innovation. We need to explain why they're there, why those products exist in the way that they, uh, the way that they do, the why behind them, and then the what that they do, right? So we have to do that education. Uh, and so that's another characteristic for people that join our team is that they have to be willing to educate. They have to want to educate, right? Explain why we're doing these things. Um, so we do work and we work on all different levels with education. We work at higher levels of education. We work all the way down, obviously, with the bud tender, which is extremely important. We work with mm-hmm. patients. We have a Wanna Brands Foundation um, that mm-hmm. Nancy Whiteman started after we had our acquisition, if you will, with Canopy Growth. And so that's yeah. a separate organization, but that's reinvesting in the community. We have our own, through Wanna, we have our own corporate social responsibility division. Yeah. So we have a senior director. Tell me about that. Man. Tell me about that. I'm yeah, so there. yeah. Yeah. So I, we have a are you guys leading? Here's the question. Are you leading or trailing there from an industry perspective? I think we're leading. That would be my perspective. We're definitely not trailing. I don't know many brands and companies in cannabis in general that have their own corporate social responsibility division that we do. We have a VP who's running it. She's amazing. And we are constantly looking and we're not only putting money back into the communities, but it's more than the community. It's, it's the engagement that we have and that we're trying to do. In fact, to give you some example, like a KPI that I have with my team is that we wanted, is that uh, with my directors, is that we're instituting KPIs where they're doing community service and volunteer work in markets that they cover. So for example, if one of my uh, directors is going on a trip to Missouri or they're yeah. going to Maryland, you know, they're going to need to, if it's a three-day trip at some point, they'll take an afternoon off and they will be volunteering in the community and doing something physically in the community, right? During those trips. So it's really about us so that we can speak firsthand to the commitment and the connection that we're doing with our communities. And and that also creates personal responsibility for all of us individually. And I think it makes us feel better too about what we're doing and about the broader mission. So there is, you know, some self-serving in it in the sense that it does make us feel better, right? Because we're contributing and and, and that's that's a good thing. No, that's great. I think that's, that's, very, very important. So give me a forward view. Where do you see WANA the next 18 months, two years in the business and what the portfolio is going to look like? Great, great question. So we have, I can't share with you, but we have some really cool formulations that are looking to come out in Q4. You can and make then, news, Eric. Eric, we can make news on this. I know, I know. <laughs> but my VP of innovation will kill me if I, if, if I say too much. So I need to be cautious. I, I have to try to get you in trouble. I mean, I, I, I had to do a job, try to get you in trouble. Come on. Man. But I will say we are, we have a whole pipeline of products okay. that, that we're looking to bring out. I think timing is really important. I think yeah. we want to make sure that we can bring them out in a thoughtful and conscientious manner. We have, to give you some idea, we're, in Colorado, I have 28 SKUs, 28 different gummy SKUs that I, you know, that, that we have available. I mean, it's a lot, right? And so some is people look too many? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that, and that's a conundrum that we have, right? Yeah. And on some levels it is, it can be too many, but mm-hmm. then when you actually see the effect that some of these sales have that they're generating, 
And okay. not only the sales, but the actual responses in, that we get from our patients about why they need the SKU or how the SKU is helping them. I mean, it's fascinating on a weekly basis, the amount of emails we get from patients who are trying different SKUs all over the country who have said, you know, this has helped me gotten off this drug, or this has helped me eradicate my seizures. When I feel them coming on, I take one of you know your five to one gummies and suddenly it doesn't come on. And you've given me my life back. I mean, we get these stories and we share them obviously internally with within ourselves because yeah. this is this is the, the motivation behind what we do. This is the motivation behind the eight, the 10, the 12 hour days that we have sometimes, you know, that, that make life difficult or the challenges we deal with. But we remember, you know, why we do it. I think going back to your initial question, we do have a pipeline coming out. It also depends by market, right? Because every market's on a different trajectory of, of which products that we have. Great, safe answer. Now, give me something to be excited about. You don't have to give me the name of the brand, the product. It's, as a consumer, put me on the look. Put you on the look. Well, let me just say that there's so many interesting cannabinoids that are out okay. there. Okay. You know, most people are familiar with THC. Obviously, it's the most psychotropic, the only psychotropic cannabinoid, the one that you, makes you feel intoxicated, if you will. Obviously, people know CBD. CBN is sort of been, you know, the euphemism for the sleep cannabinoid. Yeah. Um, but there's other ones, right? There's CBG, the mother of all cannabinoids. We are investing heavily in CBG. All of our latest formulations have all contained CBG. In fact, you're wanting to talk about a product. We just launched a new product, which is our anxiety. It's called Quick Calm. And it's, okay. it's, it's a one milligram THC product. So okay. contrary to every other product that you're going to see in a dispensary that's designed to give you that intoxicating feeling, this one is high, is highly formulated, but low THC. It's, it's a need case, use case specific SKU. Um, it has L-theanine. It has CBG. It has a custom terpene profile. These little formulations that help basically bring down anxiety, um, bring down you know your parasympathetic nervous system when it starts to race. So these types of SKUs, and it's been very successful. You know, people were saying, oh, in the cannabis channel, people aren't going to buy a one milligram product. They want higher dosage products. But what we're seeing is that new people are coming into the into the market, and they are gravitating, and they don't want necessarily to be high. But they exactly. want to utilize cannabis for the wellness benefits that it has. So we're trying to meet people. That's, that's advancement. That's progress. That's progress, Eric. Yep. When we get consumers really understanding. And that's where we're hoping. I mean, that's yeah. where we're waiting for with the mainstream. And unfortunately, you know, the challenge to get legalization, federal legalization of cannabis is impeding that a little bit, right? And impeding, you know, the mass acceptance and entrance into cannabis. And when it does, it's going to be on those lower dose formulations because not everyone wants to be high all the time, but they want to engage and utilize cannabis for its medicinal benefits, which are limitless, right? In, in the way that it can engage with our endocannabinoid system. Great. Man, I really want to thank you for joining us on Plant Profits, Eric. Thank you very, very much. I want to thank everyone for joining us on Plant Profits. And I would invite you all to look, at us, look us up at CannabisRadio.com who's our partner in this, Apple, Amazon, Google, anywhere you get a podcast, anywhere you get your podcast, we are there. Plant Profits. Please uh, look at us, follow us, subscribe to us. We look forward to that and thank you very much for that. And also look at Protus Global, my company, on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of the social media platforms. We are there. And really take a look at how we're building companies and what we do. 
to how we're in doing that. We're changing people's lives. And that's protisglobal.com. That's P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Until next time, this is Vern Davis, your host of Plant Problems. Cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.